This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, 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 oh. Far post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Gets to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! podcast i'm your host today connor and uh, i feel like i'm back in 2021 <laughs> this time last year we made the stroke before when we recorded um on an i follow tuesday but it, it definitely is true joining me uh first of all is um terry uh who is on very very low battery so he may cut out at any point hello terry L- literally any point <laughs> luckily, luckily i've got very little to say so. yeah i mean like swindon we're gonna have to get the good stuff in early and yeah, maybe the final hour or so of this could be um, an absolute disaster. But trying to avoid that happening is is James. Hello, James. Yeah, I'll give it my best. Hopefully, I won't have any um, post pod red cards or anything. I mean, you d- you almost definitely will. Some of the the chat that you give after we hit stop recording is uh, yeah, definitely worth a two match ban. Yeah, <laughs> pod's very own Ben Gladwin, derided by everyone without half a brain. <laughs> Um, right, guys, I mean, let, let's crack on and get into the game um, before 
much further ado. Terry, it's it's really weird. Like at half time, we were a goal down, but I was still thinking this was going to be a really positive podcast. Uh, Connor, I <laughs> that was a Dan Hunt esque sigh. I get that. like I, I honestly can't put into words how little I enjoyed that, and it was nothing to do. I, I really want to point this out, and like I look, people accuse me all the time of just being like a happy clapper or permanently optimistic or whatever it's because i enjoy watching football i don't understand going to football and moaning but i honestly can't really blame i find i mean i was there on saturday with you i and we walked out on saturday and exactly the same point then i can't really find fault with with how we played today and and yet a combination of an utterly utterly extraordinarily inept refereeing performance and some peak League 2 anti-football um, by Crawley and their master arsehole John Yens. It's just combined yet again to create an extraordinarily unenjoyable game of football. And I don't know whether it's getting worse. I don't know whether we're getting worse. I don't know what it is, but these home games where Clubs just have got no interest in playing, and not a single interest in it, in playing a game of football. It just sucks all the enjoyment. At the end of the day, this is meant to be an, an entertainment business, right? This is meant to be something that people go and watch. And I, I've no idea what we do about it. I've no idea how we fix it. And look, million, loads of people listen to this and go, oh, shut up, it's sport. They came and they've done their jobs. Yeah, fine. But from my point of view, I take zero enjoyment out of that. The game was completely ruined by a referee yet again. I hate ref bashing, but I feel like we've got no option at this point. It's, it's just utterly extraordinary the last two games, and and that today it was just a it was just a non-event. Like football just didn't happen apart from the first twenty minutes when we played very very well. Football just didn't happen for seventy minutes. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to say it as you see it, don't you? And um, the last couple of games, the referees for me have been. Protagonists, um, James. I don't know how you kind of uh, were seeing things while you watched the game, but I mean, the second half was just getting so stressful for me. It, it felt like I was watching uncut yams um, because I just couldn't cope. Yeah, it was just frustrating because as Terry alluded to it, just felt like a perfect storm of kind of a EFL side who are very good at doing the kind of skullduggery that, that those teams need to do to kind of get a result against teams like us really who are better on the footballing side of the game you know um, and then a referee who likes the sound of his own voice slash whistle um, but yeah it's just I can't again I, can't, I can only really echo what Terry said really I can't really there's not really much to fault from our performance really Um apart from a couple of errors, but nothing major and kind of losing a key player in terms of maybe his, not necessarily in terms of his performances, but certainly his attributes in Josh Davison, which has completely ruined our game plan. And we just didn't really know what to do after that, which probably alludes to something now that we maybe we need to look into the free agent market to find a similar type striker to partner McCurdy or Louis Barry because the one thing I think we've got to take from this game is that the McCurdy-Barry partnership is not one that looks like it's going to work so if we take anything from that second half that 
the football that was played is that um, maybe additions are still needed. Uh, an addition is still needed to be made. Connor, can we just stay on the ref? Because I'm really wary that um, I, I'm on a bit of a time pressure here, and I could drop off at any point. But I think um, I, th- I think I really want to communicate sort of something that I know is going to be really, really prevalent in conversation conversation post match, and we haven't heard Ben Garner post match yet. But Louis Reed got sent off after the game, right? And this isn't a staunch defence of Louis Reed. Louis Reed's got a lip on him. We know that. We know that's a bit of a trait with some of our players. But let's just boil it down to, to, to what actually happens, right? The, the, Swindon Town, like every league football club, League Two, League One football club, is a multi-million pound business with 20 to 30 high net worth, high earning, uniquely talented people, right? That's their, their facts. And you have a clearly unfit person making huge decisions that affect that multi-million pound business. That person is not professional, is not paid any more than a day, than a day, I don't know, what, what do they get, like a 200 quid a match or whatever, irrelevant. So he's not professional, He's not, and he's not accountable. And yet he gets to run around making decisions that directly impact multi, multi-million pound businesses. It, it, it has to change. It has to change. Yeah, it's it's becoming something that we're discussing far too much. Like none of us really want to be sat here discussing referees every weekend and or, or in, in the midweek, much less as well. But you you get to the end of the game and it's hard to not feel like that's a story because when the game was going relatively unbroken, we were playing some really nice football. And then as soon as it stops start every 30 seconds, then it, it does change. And look, on Louis Reed, right? So he's going to miss three games now. And of course, of course, you know, he should be the bigger man and he shouldn't do it. He is a young person who is, as I said, uniquely talented in a very, very high pressure job that has his considerable earnings questioned and put into question every week by these utterly inept, unfit, old, useless bastards. It's just not okay of course he's going to react like that I would if I was in my job and somebody walked in with 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 an amateur who isn't fit to clearly do the job that he's being asked to do and made on the spot decisions that affected me and my earnings I'd fucking lose the rag my my rag as well I I can't like I don't want to defend Louis Reed because he should know better but they're humans and they're emotional and they're going to react to things when this ineptitude just keeps happening. This, 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 we, we should have had six points in the last two games. And the only reason, is, like people will say, oh, well, the players have got to do more or Dion Conroy is a donkey, whatever. But ultimately, as far as I'm seeing, having watched both games and having been there on Saturday, we would have won both games comfortably with referees who were professional able to keep up, keep up with play and were capable of making consistent good decisions. Yeah, and James, it's kind of like an order of magnitude as well, isn't it? Because it's not just this game. It's not just Saturday's game that, you know, there are a number of small, annoying, weird decisions that happen. And especially if you're on the playing side where you're discussing this stuff day in, day out in training, um, where your place in the team could be called into question if results aren't right, that kind of thing then it's going to really build up and build up and build up. And it's it's not just a thing of 
that's one decision or two decisions or three decisions, but it's almost like a bad decision to the power of bad decisions. I don't know if you see it that way. Yeah, I mean, just the whole situation has been frustrating. I think you've got to remember these players, they're human as well, so they're going to have these kind of moments of mad- not madness. Even. It's not, the problem is it isn't madness. Um, so I think we've got to kind of allow the frustration, I think, you know. I think the issue is one of the many issues we have with referees on the EFL level is that it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because the person who's going to, you know, evaluate his performance is also within the FA kind of structure. So maybe with refereeing the EFL, there needs to be a bit more kind of, I don't know how to kind of explain it, but like out, because Terry's right, it's multi, multi, multi-million pound businesses that are being run that are having their fortunes dictated by people that just aren't paid aren't paid enough, aren't fit enough, and maybe we need to have some kind of independent kind of board to test, uh, not test youth, but kind of make sure that the ref- referee kind of stuff is up to standard rather than just kind of EFL. Are they not professional in all the money yeah. in the game. How are they not professional? It's just uh, honestly, I hate I hate ref bashing. It sounds bit. It sounds bitter. It sounds sour grapes. I am bitter tonight. I openly admit that. But it's just compact. It's just a. It's just the breaking point of, of of compound compound games this season where. And look, it's look, big. Big decisions happen, right? Like you can get penalty calls right or wrong or whatever. And actually, think their penalty. I've watched it back. I can't decide if the referee thinks it's a penalty, fair, whatever. Like it doesn't matter. It's not that. It's the whole game is ruined by that, but by his complete ineptitude. Like it took seventy minutes to book their first player, <laughs> and, and, they, and, and they and they repeatedly fouled us, repeatedly pulled shirts, repeatedly waste time. He had no element of control. He was extraordinarily picky, and yet didn't give a clear penalty. I mean, I mean, you could probably argue that there were like three good shouts for penalties, and maybe one like more of a half shout. So in the first half, you've got Cooper sort of um, sent to the floor um, by a defender who doesn't make any contact with the ball. Uh, I think it would be kind of soft, and punishment doesn't befit the crime kind of thing. But the same goes for the penalty that we give away, which I think probably was just about a penalty. Um, although it it did feel like a bit of a joke after the Cooper one. Uh, you've got. Um, this is the the next one is the one that I think you know maybe would be a little bit harsh is Davison um, larruping a shot into one of their players' hands. Um, you know, again after the penalty decisions earlier, I felt you know could have been given. Um, and then there are a couple on McCurdy um, in the second half. I think one where he was offside, um, but you know still they could have gone back for the advantage um, to to an earlier foul that wouldn't have been a penalty, but. You know, between that thing, it felt like a penalty incident. Um, and then there was one that was just like, McCurdy gets cleaned out. Uh, but yeah, the, the rub of the green uh, w- was not with us. But it, it, I, I guess it shouldn't have to be that way. And uh, I think we, we probably, we spent a, a decent amount of time on that. And I'm sure that there will be some listeners who want a bit of balancing to talk about what was wrong with our performance as well. So um, I guess we should do that, Terry. Um like what was there more that we could have done to kind of you know aside from terrible refereeing? 
still come through with three points in that game. I think we were chatting sort of, I mean, we were chatting for 20 minutes then, weren't we? And I think we were all in agreement that it was probably the best we've started a game this season. I think we were, I think we were outstanding for the first 25 minutes, half an hour. I don't know whether that was Crawley sort of deliberately standing off us or whatever. Um, but we looked really, really good. And, and, and we, you know, we should have been one up after a, a minute. Um, ben Gabbins had a really good chance. And no, I think, um, I think there, there, there will be questions to Garner. And again, we haven't listened to his post much yet about team selection. I think personally, I don't love, I don't love the, the, the rotation in that, but we, you know, we've got to manage load on certain players. Um, I think AK was extraordinarily unfortunate to be dropped unless unless there is a, a fitness reason there because he was absolutely brilliant on Saturday and has probably been our... I mean, for me, he's our standout centre-half of the club, so I've no idea how what, what's gone on there. Um, what could we have done? I mean, look, I think with Simpson going and Davison coming in, we obviously look a bit disjointed in, in, in the final third. We're massively missing Jack Payne. Obviously, every club at this level have missed Jack Payne. He's easily top five players in this league. Um, and we just we just seem to be lacking that sort of um that metronome of recycling of recycling the ball high and and, and 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 creating sort of wave after wave, which is what we do really well when when, when Jack Payne's in the team and, and really at it. So, but but honestly, I don't know if there is low. I mean, loads we could do. I think if if even if you know if the, if the game's nil nil at half time, we probably go on and nick it. Um, they didn't really come to play, did they? They came they came to sit in and got a very lucky penalty, a very fortunate penalty. As I said, I've, I've seen it back and I can't decide. But if he wants to give it, fine. That's not. I don't have a massive issue with that. Um, it comes down to lack of. It comes down to lack of cutting edge and 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 just not really creating any. You know the, the high quality chances that we're used to. Yeah, um, I mean, James, what did you think of the rotation? Because there there was a little bit. I mean, obviously having new signings in the building makes that possible, and we had a much stronger bench than we've had in a little while. Um, and I think there was also one player that was unnamed that may or may not have picked up a knock on Saturday. So. Um, yeah, what what were your opinions on that? I think in the first 20-25 minutes I think it seemed like it was working perfectly we seemed to have much more energy certainly in the middle of the park but you know uh, I can't you know I think dropping Odomeo was massively harsh but yeah I mean I yeah again we played quite well today but I just yeah it's one of those days where it's almost like the result was almost out of our hands and to come out of it the other end with a 1-1 draw is fine and move on, really. Um, so I can really say, really. It's that kind of game, really. Yeah, and it is just frustrating after playing genuinely what I think is some of the best football we've played at, at, at the, this season at the start and then you, you compare and contrast the first half an hour of the game with the last half an hour of the game. I mean, Terry, it felt probably from about the 55th minute, I think there was a, a foul by Cerula on Hunt, after which point it felt like we were in injury time. Um, and I, yeah, I, I just really, I don't know what that says about the game, but it, it definitely was not watchable. It, the second half was a farce, wasn't it? It was just a complete farce. And yet, yet again, you know, we're, we're sat there, we're left watching um, just, just 50 minutes of, nothingness 
Um, and and I don't know. I don't know what we can do about it. I don't. I mean, I don't recall it being this bad. When, under Wellens, when we won the won this league, were we just miles better? Like, did we not get ourselves in these situations? I don't know. I can't. I can't remember. I can't recall it being sort of sort of this uncontrolled in term in terms of spoiling tactics and stuff. But it's just, it's not fun, is it? I mean, there there was nothing. As I said, there was nothing enjoyable about the last hour of the, of the last fifty minutes of that game. Um, and 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 again, I, I don't really know what more we can do. And 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 look, I know there's there's a weird sort of um, loud minority among our fan base, particularly on social media, that will go after Ghana again for this bizarrely. Um, but but what are we what, what, genuinely? I, and I'm fascinated to hear your guys' um, opinions on this because. I, I get that I can be unbalanced sometimes. Like what what could we or what could he or what could the players have done differently this evening? Yeah, I mean I, I guess if you do a kind of let's say what let's see let's say what we see and then try and work out what happened. I mean, it, it does feel like our performance changed quite drastically on Davison having to go off and then you kind of have McCurdy and uh, McCurdy light kind of um trying to do something they both work pretty hard they both I don't I don't think had horrible games um they showed flashes um but just not having that focal point um that um you know previously Tyree Simpson has provided Josh Davison provided uh, in the first half um, and it did it felt like we just didn't really have any option to kind of lay off the ball just in front of the defense which we were doing to such good effect in the first half James Maybe we change the tactics earlier. Maybe maybe that would be something after Davison coming off. But apart from that, we played really well. I think you know there was and it was admirable that you know because of how well we played in the first half that Garner stitched with it and saw if the whole if Louis Barry could for whatever if there could be a spark of something and it worked in the second half, but it didn't. And you know. That whole second half felt like an NFL game, really. Kind of guessing five yards, stopping, having a you know foul or something, and then starting again, and then doing another ten yards or whatever. So it was just impossible to play any real football in, um, which is why kind of if we. I feel like if we were allowed to play the way we did in the first half and the second, I think we could have got could have got one and could have got another. Really, I think. As much as the game was very kind of stop start, there was always not. Did always feel like there was not potentially not a goal in it for us, or maybe even a second at some points. But um, yeah, it's just again. I think we've all been like it's at different points this season, but most of the performance on social media will probably be seen as like a four out of ten. But in all re- in all honesty, it would probably a six or seven. Most of those performances, so you, all you have to do is just kind of shrug and move on. Really, I yeah. Yeah, I mean, a, a brief high point towards the end, Terry, was uh, Jaden Mitchell-Lawson bagging in front of the town end. I don't think he knew a huge amount about it, but that does kind of stem, you know, maybe 1% of the frustration, I guess. Yeah, look, we, we, we've, we've, we've stolen a point from, from the jaws of defeat. I think if you boil it down to ones and zeros at the end of the season, then, then ultimately that could be a good point, right? I think um, the fact that, look, if you, want, if you want to be optimistic, we kept going... And we we nicked something. We had nineteen shots, seven on target, seventy seventy percent possession. We like 
the, the knives are out for for the players and, and for Ghana, which I think is is just just really really unsavoury. Um, we've, we've nicked a point, and and look I, for me, it's an own goal, but who knows? Um, it's it's. It's just it's just really frustrating. I guess what I'd like to do is sort of try and not create or not sort of throw forward too much any sort of narrative around where we're going to go. And I've seen a lot of chat around, well, oh, because of that tonight, our season's over or we'll definitely not go up or we'll definitely fade away. We'll be lucky to finish the table. All of these r- ridiculous hot takes. Um, it was a frustrating night. We've nicked a point out of nowhere. We've had a good transfer window. Um, we've got lots of games to come. We've got good depth, and we're miles ahead of where we thought we were going to be. So, ultimately, on the pitch, I'm really, really optimistic. I just, I'm just, I'm just absolutely furious and fuming with with the refereeing performances of the last couple of weeks. It's just, it's just destroyed the enjoyment of the game. So, I guess as my signing off, as my signing off note, as, as my battery ticks down to two percent, um, wow. <laughs> it is, it is just, it is just. Let's let's not lose our heads, like collectively, players, manager, but also fans. I think, like, ironically cheering um, your captain getting substituted. Like, let's let's not be that club. Um, ironic, you know, calling on Jojo Wallacott to hoof it, and then and then ironically cheering when he does, even though that's when he gives the ball away. It doesn't. It's not helpful. Um, we are ahead of where we're gonna where we were gonna be. We have got a good squad. We have had a good window. Super frustrating night, but let's just let's just stick with it. There's 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 plenty to like about this team, this squad at the moment. Yeah, no, I think I couldn't put a huge amount better uh, myself. I mean, if you look at some of the other results in the league as well, it, it feels a very odd night to be kind of trying to spin narratives about where the season's going just because. I guess James, really, we are where we started the night. In, 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 it, it's kind of been like a, a night of purgatory rather than anything else. You just got to move on from these performances. I think take the point. I think we've kind of had a very, I think we've had a very good window, but we've had a lot of change in the last month. So it's you know you're gonna have, there's going to be a kind of teething period. Let's hope it's very a very short one. Um, but I think it's ridiculous to get on the players' backs. I mean, where we are on the table, because I mean, where we start the season, I'm not one of those who's been. The most kind of saying because, but yeah, we're we're in a good position no matter what happens, and let's hope that we can kind of galvanise them. But I think the fa- the fans getting the players back, I think, is ridiculous. And yeah, let's just let's just give them a couple, at least a few weeks to kind of get tactically these players who have come in. Like you know, Brandon Cooper, I thought was absolutely fantastic tonight, and Louis Barry looks like he's got something about him, and he's a very young lad. And I thought, you know. Yeah, let's just let's just watch his face. I guess I don't know. Just one of those nights. If Terry's got any battery left, I guess we can try and get his man of the match before uh, we go any further. Terry. Yeah, I'm still I'm still here. I think Brandon Cooper was a six point five in a field of sixes. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not going to argue with 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 that. I'm more than happy to to see him start really solidly and have a good debut. Um, he he looks he looks really promising. He played really well. I think I think. As I said, most I think most of our boys put in a put in a solid enough six out of ten performance on what was just a just a frustrating night. Um, you know, there, there were there were moments. I think I think um, one thing we do do quite poorly is um, is try and force things. I think we, I think McCurdy is particularly guilty of this when things aren't going for him. 
his his sort of I love his endeavor, but sometimes that ekes over into that constant sort of um, hero complex of making bad decisions for the right reasons. So so constantly trying to trying to do more than he should. Whereas actually, if he just kept his cool, played the easy pass, sometimes I think I think we might be better off. So something 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 maybe to pick up on there in in terms of a slightly more sensible bit of analysis rather than just me swearing about the referee. um james did you have any uh other suggestions are you going to stick with um the welsh reference as man of the match yeah i've got to stick on brown but no i thought he was fantastic and i think you could see his um organization of defense i thought was fantastic as well you could see he was kind of yeah i thought it was fantastic and certainly some of his runs out running the first half where he got to the edge of the box i thought was superb so yeah, I think he, he, he did as well in the match. I think he, he put in a very good performance. Yeah, uh, from social media, I've just had a very quick sort of look through. Um, there's a lot of tweets, so I, w- I won't read too many of them out, uh, but most of them um, seem to be sort of Cooper. Um, a few mef- mentions for O'Brien and a, a couple in here for Leiden as well. So, yeah, I guess those were the players that probably stood out for me as well. So, um, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not going to deviate from... Um, who we've discussed here on the podcast in terms of the game, James, I, I don't really know where else to go. Um, wh- what do you think on on the McCurdy point that, that Terry raised? Yeah, I think he's completely right. I think I probably would have taken off, taken him off a bit earlier, uh, taken him off. Um, I do worry about him a bit going to the kind of this part of the season without, because, you know, Tyrese, I think, was a vital part of the reason why he was successful as is because he was such a unselfish striker who kind of was very happy about kind of with all of his runs and his kind of, I don't want to say hold up play, but it's kind of just general kind of tactical awareness, which I think allowed McCurdy to kind of have that kind of free role, which he likes to play. So that's why I think, and I think maybe Davidson has a bit of that about him in his, um, in his locker, so let's hope he's not out for too long. So, otherwise, I think, you know, we might not see the best of McCurdy for the rest of the season if, if we don't have that kind of similar type, kind of small man, big man strike partnership. But, you know, I'm not, Terry's been fantastic this season, so I'm not going to be too kind of derogatory about him because, you know, his goals have been fantastic and he's been a very kind of good spot when, he, when he's been on form. But I think, you know, yeah, I think... Just one of those games where you just have to kind of take the point and move on because you know the performance wasn't bad by any means. All right, it, there are times when it wasn't great, but it, I don't think any team like Barcelona could have played well in the, in, in that kind of half an hour because the little amount of football that was, it was even allowed to be played because of the the referee's incessant kind of stop start of the play. So yeah, I just think we have to kind of. I know it's been a kind of frustrating couple of days in terms of on the pitch with the decisions but I think we need to kind of keep our heads and take a deep breath and kind of look at where we are look at where we've been and then plough forward yeah I mean and also would we be a Swindon Town podcast if we didn't mention that that's now three draws in a row which equals a win yeah uh, which which you believe <laughs> uh so yeah I mean it, it's really annoying because from those three games I ideally wanted nine or seven points I probably wouldn't have been much happier with anything less than that, really. But we are where we are and we, we just have to kind of dust ourselves down. 
I think first 20, 25 minutes, it just looked like the players were really like like had fire burning inside inside themselves and they really wanted to like not make amends because I guess it's not really something that they did wrong for on, on Saturday, but um like just get that out of their system. And I really hope that that same thing is going to happen now to the power of two, just because, um, you know, we, uh, yeah, hopefully it happens in that way because we really want a big result against Exeter James. Yeah. And also like we tend to play better against the better sides, right? Cause they also want to play football when we play sides like, you know, that are down there in terms of Colchester and Crawley, we tend to not be able to play our game because they want to, you know, it's in their best interest to kind of stop us from playing and kind of make the game a bit of a farce. So, yeah, actually a very, very good side and are up there. And, yeah, I think we'll have, we'll, they'll be firing the belly on, on Saturday when actually come to town. So that, that'll be, it'll be a good game. And I think the players now, now they've, the new lads coming in will have a few more days in their legs and, you know, more tactical awareness with the players around them. Maybe we'll we'll see a slightly better performance with with Exeter. So, but yeah, it's it's just today's one of those ones where we just have to move on, really. Uh, yeah, I think we're about to say goodbye to Terry. So, uh, Terry, thanks for your service today. No worries. Um, good luck dissecting the transfer window. And remember, team transfers happened all January, not just yesterday. <laughs> hunt around just outside the box. Goes for right for shot. Magnificent goal from Johnny Williams. That is a strike. I mean, it's becoming quite a catchphrase. Uh, James, yeah, January transfer deadline signings are not just for transfer deadline day. They're for the rest of the season. Um, with, I I don't know if we do we want to talk about the whole window or do we just want to talk about the events of the last couple of days? I, I know I'm hosting, but I I feel like I should leave it to you to decide. I don't know. I feel like you t- to have the context of the window. I think you need to talk about all of it because I think we've had a very good window, really. Um, considering circumstances, I think we've had a potential upgrade in terms of getting Brandon Cooper in as kind of a replacement for Odomayo. Um, and then you've got, but we've been the victim of our own success in having these players kind of do so. I like obviously Tyrese. That situation there is pretty diabolical, really. But you know, they, it just didn't expect him to do as well as he did here. So I'm babbling a bit here, but um, yeah, I think we've been the victim of our own success, and that shows that what we're trying to do is working and you see with the loans that we've got in this kind of window shows that we've kind of gone, that we've kind of benefited from that. We're getting a higher calibre. So, you know, going on about Brandon Cooper again, he's someone who is well liked by both Swansea and the Welsh setup. So he's someone who has come in with a bit of pedigree and has played EFL football as someone who should hit the ground running. Um, then, you know, go back more on to deadline day. We've got um, Go Tomlinson from, uh, from Peterborough, who's I think seems to be relatively well liked there, and you know came in from summer from Eastley, where he last season got Players Player of the Year and Supporters Player of the Year. So he's someone who has obviously a bit about him. Um, and then Josh Davison's someone who's also played EFL football, and you know will hopefully come in and seems after if his first couple of games have come by, seems like he could be a decent signing, and then. We haven't talked much about Jake O'Brien, um, but I thought he was absolutely fantastic tonight. I thought 
he seems to have kind of dusted off the kind of Mansfield performance almost almost completely now. He, he looked a bit maybe I don't know when you were at the game on on Saturday, but seemed to look a bit more unsteady on his feet. And now he doesn't. He looks like he never he really put a foot wrong today. So to, uh, this evening. So yeah, overall a, a good window. Yeah, he's, he's he's a big lad, but he's growing and growing with each performance. I mean, I think the one thing that you would point out with O'Brien that there's still room for improvement is just like on the deck. Um, it can be a little bit slow, but I think he, that's kind of not to be avoided with a guy of his size. Um, but it definitely seems to be like improving. Like there's a bit more of a zip in his pass passing. You know, there was an amazing surge down the right uh, in the, I believe it was the second half. I can't remember off, fully off the top of my head, but it was just like just like tearing uh, down the um, the Crawley left and beating everyone for pace. It's quite impressive. Um, I think. If if you look at January transfer window as a whole, James, probably the impressive thing is that in terms of we, we've kind of replaced everyone one for one. We've got a couple of extra players in just through like the way they've rejigged the squad with Grant going out. Um, so, you know, having that extra body midfield go uh, where we've got quite a lot of first team players has given us the chance to get a little bit more depth in, in defence. Um it's, it's hard to know how it's going to work out. I, I like pretty much all of the signings on paper. I've seen Tomlinson a couple of times for Eastleigh um, the season bef- uh, before uh, and uh, thought he was was really good for them and obviously can't argue with his goal record from, from fullback. Um, played, I think, 20-something games for Peterborough this season already, which is pretty mad that <laughs> he's now coming out on loan to League Two. Um, like the pedigree of the signings is already good. So... Um, it feels like we're hopefully stronger, but obviously, you know, we just don't know that these signings are going to work out in the way the ones in the summer did. I guess that's the the thing that we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, the, the experience this summer in terms of coaching aside is something that will probably be a good step for these owners coming. That you know, none of the, all of these players have had a lot of time to kind of better before so they're kind of used to kind of working kind of on the fly so maybe that'll that'll bode well for the rest of the season but um yeah it's been frustrating losing losing key players but I think we've also potentially gained I mean Louis, Louis Barry was probably the hottest prospect in the kind of summer window in terms of in the, certainly in the loan market be able to go to you know Ipswich who have a fair bit of money to 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 whack at players, so be able to kind of bring him in and in from Villa is a massive, you know, coup for us really in terms of, you know, just the relation, not just the relations we have with these Premier League clubs, but how well fought off we are by these clubs now because of the way that we play and you know the success we've had with improving loan players and just players in general this season. So yeah, I, I think it's too early to really make any true judgment call on individual players but apart from what you see on paper but on paper it looks like we've got kind of four potential upgrades um so you know again watch the space I guess yeah and I think the big thing after what we experienced a year ago to the day as we record this uh is we've not lost one of our best players um in the final minutes of the transfer window so um, th- there was a rumour that sent a lot of us into kind of panic mode um, that was just a, a bunch of scamps <laughs> making up that Louis Reed was at Bloomfield Road. Um, but 
like we we kind of came through unscathed. Like the players that were contracted in the club are still contracted in the club, and it's the, the loanies that have changed. So uh, it's kind of good from that side that you know, although the loan situation hasn't panned out exactly as the club probably would have hoped. Uh, you know, we've been able to replace those players, and you know the players that were committed to the club are still committed to the club, and uh, hopefully that's a good sign going forward. It'd be nice to see a little bit more business in terms of like contract renew- renewals, and I think maybe the one point from this, I think a lot of people were kind of expecting on top of another loan uh, that there may be like a little free transfer number mixed in. There were obviously rumours about uh, Mandela Egbo, um, former Gladbach, Darmstadt, New York Red Bulls. Uh, right back uh, coming in that I mean I, I guess there's probably not much room in the squad for that kind of player now that we've got Tomlinson in on loan um, so it'd be interesting to see if anything develops around that um, I guess but um, the name that we were hit we were hearing um, sort of later on during deadline day was also I think Sam Baldock um, who has been released by Derby and they, I guess they can't re-sign him due to the the difficulties there like that kind of name, we we obviously can still sign um sort of free transfers. It, it sounds like we're not. I mean, the the news on on Twitter later on in the evening was that you know our business is over and it doesn't look like we're going to sign any free transfers. But maybe if if there was to be anything that could be done to the squad, like maybe just another kind of focal point. If Davison's going to have to go off due to injury, or I mean, especially if that injury is like a serious one that he's going to miss some time. I just feel that what we've seen of uh, of our other attackers are that they they probably do need someone who's just a little bit bigger to kind of you know be able to pivot around. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that comment was to on, on kind of the end of the, tra- the transfer window was just kind of quieting down the fan base a little bit on deadline day. Um, yeah, yeah something like that. I, I, I think that there were. If the club's got any sense, the doors certainly in terms of free transfer, the doors always open for the right player. So, if the, if the club's got any sense, really, um, yeah, I, I think we need we definitely need a striker, a kind of someone who who could just fill that void that Davison could potentially lead whenever he's injured, or just someone on the bench to kind of offer a different option in terms of with a bit more height because our forward options aren't, you know very varied so um there could be some issues with that but yeah it's, I, th- I just think the I still think there's probably uh, yeah because there's not really much else to say really I think it's all kind of being covered really at the moment yeah, yeah. I mean ultimately we're you know like Terry said you know, transfers don't just happen on transfer deadline day. So most of them we've already talked about on the podcast um, at length. Obviously, a lot of stuff on social media as well. And I, I guess like yesterday didn't change a huge amount of things in, in terms of the, the the way the squad set up. You know, there's still, you know, in an ideal world, there's still, there's still holes that you'd want to fill. But then I guess we have to also accept as fans that the club are operating sort of with their hands tied behind their back in terms of sort of what they can offer um, to players and, um, you know, exactly who they can bring in. So it's uh, the sort it's the sort of thing where I'm not going to like complain if this is the squad for the rest of the season, because it, it's certainly a whole lot better than um, I thought it would have been at, 
well, not not even just at the start of the season. Like once Tyree Simpson was recalled, I was starting to fear the worst, um, and the worst des- definitely doesn't seem to have happened. Yeah, and I think you know certainly with the way that football's changed. I mean, you're you're a fan of German football and the way with the director of football kind of relationship. Because I think there's a lot more planning goes involved. So I don't think certainly with Chorley, I think there, there is more of a case of they had their players in mind. If they don't can't get those players, or, or you know the finances don't quite work or, or whatever, they're not going to go for those players. They're not just going to kind of have a random player come in just because they need, you know, to fill a void, you know, like we saw last season with Tyrese on with who, you know, just pretty much just signing a player to say we've signed a player. So if there's still deals to be done in the, fr- the free transfer window, I think they, they will be done. But again, I think it's it's just, it's because it's so different to what we've had certainly in the last few years. I think there's been a more planned transfer window, and obviously there've been different parameters that with losing players. But you know, I think every club always has two or three, four targets, and if we don't aren't able to kind of get those, I I, I think you know there's a more kind of planned structure here, and I think they really think of the kind of structure of the group as well so they're only going to bring in the right kind of I think the personality is a big thing in what they're looking for as well so I think if a certain type of person is available but they don't quite fit I think they're not going to bring them in so I think just as fans I think we just have to kind of watch the space in terms of what they're going to do and it's quite you know the job of both you know certainly Chorley and Garner is to be quite meticulous in there their processes and I think it seems like what they've done and they've done a very good job I think certainly in the summer and I think they've done a relatively good job with as you said with the hands tied behind their back in January well I think that's a, a good note to end on James I, I think we've, we've tried to be measured we've, we've probably been you know slightly passionate as well at the start of the podcast that I feel a lot more calm now I feel I feel like may, maybe like Saturday is going to be um, a good day after all yeah, for some of it feels very you know, twenty twenty one about a spot of like a a self help group of kind of just like getting <laughs> it all out and then living <laughs> living your life. Yeah, uh, but let's hope that we're kind of more back to the back end of twenty twenty one where we, we're winning games yeah. um, for Saturday's podcast because that's uh, when we win, it's so much more enjoyable. But anyway, thanks, James. Um, thanks, Terry, for his earlier appearance. Um, we'll be with you. I mean, I guess Rich will be with everyone later in the week with uh, the presser. Cheers. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.